It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out the Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Buck off Thursday on B&E. That would be Buck Ons as well, who has earned that uh, well-deserved kick in the rear. That's a Buck Off brought to you by our friends at the Austin Gamblers. Also a Buck On. This says, guys, Buck On to the new Netflix quarterback documentary. It is fire. Fire. I'm going to check that out. Quarterback documentary. I think Patrick Mahomes is in that. They wow. followed the quarterbacks around. Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota. Also, I just saw this, that uh, a documentary is coming to Netflix soon. On Johnny Manziel. Johnny Football. That'll be interesting. Best year in Aggie sports history. Probably. Yeah, seven years removed from the uh, final snap of his short-lived NFL career. It's a, it's a, the story is a Texas A&M Legends one-of-a-kind journey. Set to be chronicled in an upcoming Netflix documentary. Yeah, high. he was special for sports radio, period, in this oh. area, too. Oh, he man, was, even in high school. That year, that was, that was amazing. Even I, that guy was content machine. I mean, he was special, and, and it now. went back all the way to when he was in Kerrville playing uh, high school football. Well, and he was here every weekend getting his ass kicked at frat parties and stuff. Not wow. in high school, no, and when he was in college, yeah, for sure. I mean, you, but I'm talking about he was a polarizing story in high school because he was abrasive, and uh, you know, was, was Mac Brown going to recruit him to Texas, and you know, all this stuff. I mean, he was. He was Johnny Football even in high school. Where he, was he was a story a day, man. Yeah, he was. And then obviously on to A&M and Heisman Trophy. And uh, so, yeah, that, that'll be interesting that uh, the, what does it say? It's called Untold Johnny Football is the name of it. And uh, That old Untold series is really good. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Uh, or we know that uh, they're making a documentary on Jerry Jones and the Cowboys run of the early 90s from the purchase of the Cowboys, the firing of Tom Landry and through the three Super Bowls. That will be compelling. So, yeah, good stuff right there. Um, yeah, the year that Johnny Manziel had, I mean, he was one of the best college football players I'd ever seen. Sure. I mean, he wasn't Vince Young to me. I mean, Vince Young was the best. But Johnny Manziel was right there as one of the best college players. I mean, I, I mean, in around Doug Flutie, watching, watching this guy play, he was unbelievable. I remember watching. Best college O-line probably I've ever that seen. That helped. Though. That and helped. Mike Evans. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Not that he would. I which mean, was, he, he was the, a great college The Mike Evans. You say the best college O-line ever? I mean, maybe. That's a little strong. I mean, I, when a little I, aggressive Have there. you seen the guys? I was very strong that? in that. Okay. They were a very the, good offensive line, but best ever. Come on now. Like all five, like four of the five guys on that offensive line were first-round picks. I don't think that that's true, but I'll look it up. They were good, and that was part of it. And then, but, you know, compelling story. I look forward to checking that out on Netflix. But, no, he was uh, he was great for us. Wow. He was he was polarizing. I remember watching. Remember when they they uh, his Heisman year when they beat Alabama in oh, Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Texas had played a game that day, and so we were down at Schultz Garden, 
And it was crazy because every like the whole all the tailgate parties, no one went home because they were watching that game, and Johnny pulled it off. I mean, it was incredible television. Uh, but then the off-field stuff was was just as uh, yeah, he wild. was maddening. He was. I almost had to convince myself to be a fan of his when the Cowboys Did were you? sitting there on draft night. I was like, oh, Jerry's about to pick this guy. Am I really going to have to be a Johnny Manziel fan? For a split second, I was kind of excited. Who talked Jerry off the ledge in that deal? They took Zach Martin, so it, yeah, it Hall worked of Famer. out. Yeah, yeah, it, was it, right, worked it was out. I'm pretty Good sure move. it was his son, Steven, saying, Dad, Dad, Dad. Because the, I think the scouts were about to walk out. <laughs> we like, leave of uh, Jerry. Well, Jerry's done that before when he drafted yeah. Quincy Carter above that all the objections. That was the first quarterback I really had as a Cowboys fan, the first one I remember. Bad choice. Bad choice. Not good. He says, Ty's a hater. Typical UD fan. This says, Johnny Football used to come to our fraternity house when he was in high school. Quite the good beer pong player. <laughs> Jumped on the table once when he got a winning shot and ripped his shirt off. I could see it. Dang. He was that guy. And, uh, you know, and this one says, Johnny Football made Kevin Sumlin a multimillionaire. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin did well. on his, And that whole coaching staff. We elevated. Cliff, too, right? Oh, a lot of the, yeah, Cliff. Jake Spavadol was on that staff. I mean, they had a bunch of guys. Who went on to do big things and uh, or at least get great jobs and uh, you know, Johnny and we know how his career went. Ryan Swoops was on that team with him. Yeah, Ryan Swope. Yep. Where could he go from uh, Westlake? Yeah, he could go now. He was A and M's all time leading receiver for a point in time. I don't know if that still stands true though. Well, that was a fun year. Uh, well, it really was a fun year. And uh, what has happened to the Aggies ever since then? Good night, Nurse. I don't know. I like the Longhorns. They haven't won a conference title since two thousand and nine. I mean, that was the best year. In their history, and what they were like ten and three. It's not the best year in their history, but it was a good year. You were we weren't alive for the RC Slocum years, and they were pretty darn good when they. When, again, they that was the yes, okay, that was a good year. It was a good season. Yes, that was probably was. the most national shine they had. Oh, ever there's no gotten. doubt. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Every A and M fan I act or talk to, they act like that's that was the. Well, well, he did, was kind the greatest of must, year see, ever. must see TV when he was on. Oh, I watched all those games. It made me hate AM even more. But when he beat especially when he beat Alabama. I became a big Alabama fan for a few years after that. No, he was uh he was polarizing to say the least. Oh my but goodness. No, I mean when when R C had the wrecking crew defenses and Lilo yes. McElroy and those guys, those teams were really time. good. Those teams were really, really good. But yeah, I felt that pain. But he was as good an individual player as we've seen in college football. Uh he was Doug Flutie sure. Doug Flutie with drama. Yes. He was Doug Flutie with the wild side. And because uh, you coached Doug Flutie. And a similar kind of player. And that was back before quarterbacks just took off and ad-libbed and run, ran like yeah. he did. Oh, yeah, the size. Uh, they similar size, too, right? I mean, Johnny, a little bit bigger than Doug. but mm-hmm. uh, Do you think Johnny could have been good in the pros if he would have taken it a, a bit more seriously? Do you think he had the actual talent to play in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, he could have been a good player. I don't know about a great player. No, but, his maturity uh, level was just not going to yeah. make it there. Could he have been a Baker Mayfield level player? Oh, he's more he athletic been, than oh, Baker yeah. Mayfield. I mean, he was more sudden. For sure. Um uh, better athlete. I mean, he's more like Kyler Murray, uh, but but bigger, uh, in my mind. And just the ad lib ad lib ability uh, and the arm strength to that keep he plays has. alive and and be be freelancer and and that offensive line certainly helped him. There's no doubt about that because uh, they they protected him well. And then when things would break down, uh, he would make things happen uh, in that year. Let's get to the headlines, trending topics, and uh, dive into our coaches' corner. Eric Goodman will join us this hour. Austin Chronicle. Because it wasn't a good night on the pitch for the U.S. men's national team or Austin FC. We'll talk to Goodman at the bottom. First, the headlines. UBO Business Services, Longhorns uh, Center of Attention at the Big 12 Football Media Days. And UBO brings you the headlines. Uh, it was uh, 
Of course, the Longhorns, the preseason favorite to win the Big 12 Conference. And Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach for the Horns, did not shy away from it. Actually leaned in to the uh, expectations and the hype. He reiterated his belief that a league title is definitely the goal and would be a great send-off for the Horns in their final season or headed to the Southeastern Conference. This team is, is, is different. They have a different look in their eye. They look different on the hoof. They interact with one another differently. Um, I've used the adage, I feel like this team's on a mission. On a mission. Texas hasn't won a Big 12 title since 2009. 13-year drought, the longest in school history. The recruiting momentum continued yesterday for Texas football. The 14th commitment for their 2024 recruiting class came in. Uh, it's their second along the defensive line. A pledge from Lafayette Christian Academy defensive lineman Melvin Hills. Lafayette, Louisiana, 6'4", 270. Racked up nearly 90 tackles, 17 for loss, six sacks as a junior. He chooses Bo Davis and the Horns over LSU, Auburn, and Ole Miss. Good news for Texas baseball yesterday as well. An official declaration from right-handed pitcher Tanner Witt that he plans to return to the 40 Acres next season. Witt was drafted in the 18th round of this week's draft by the Baltimore Orioles. Soccer, disappointing night on the pitch for both Austin FC and the U.S. men's national team. Austin dropped their midweek road matchup at Vancouver. Vancouver FC wins it 2-1. to one. Uh, Rodney Redis not the only goal from his first career goal, but the only goal for the uh, for the Verde. They fall to eight nine and five on the year. They'll be back at Q two Stadium Saturday night hosting Sporting Kansas City. Uh, also last night, Panama beat the U S five uh, five to four in a shootout in the Gold Cup semifinals out there in San Diego. Match ended in a one one tie. Panama bested the U S in PKs four to three to knock out the defending champions of that cup. And the interim U.S. coach B.J. Callahan, his first loss since taking over the national team duties. Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs added to their great year last night at the ESPY Awards on ESPN. They were the named the year's best team, while their quarterback Patrick Mahomes honored as the year's top men's sports athlete, also the best NFL player. Skier Michaela Schifrin received the award for best women's sports athlete. USC's Caleb Williams and Iowa basketball star Caitlin Clark were honored as the male and female collegiate athletes of the year. Lifetime Longhorn Scotty Scheffler honored as the golfer of the year. LeBron James honored with the best record-breaking performance award for passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the NBA's all-time scoring list. He then officially announced he'll return to the Lakers for a 21st season this fall. Um, by the way, Austin FC goaltender Brad Stuver was nominated for the Muhammad Ali Sports Humanitarian Award last night, second straight year, but the award went to Milwaukee Bucks point guard Drew Holiday and his wife. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Fran Tarkington was ad-libbing in the 60s and 70s. You grew up watching Fran the Man. Yes, I did. Minnesota Vikings loved him. When you got to coach Doug Flutie, did he remind you a little bit of Fran? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What a leader, too. I mean, he was he was a special dude. He was, he was that, that dude that... You know, didn't do all the, the quarterback stuff. He lifted with the offensive linemen. I mean, it was – he reminded me of um, the kicker at Texas, my guy. Um, Phil Dawson. Phil Dawson. Phil Dawson spent his time lifting weights with the offensive linemen. He wasn't like – he wasn't – He wasn't a kicker. kicker. He, he was, was a no, football player. He was a football who player. Kicked. He kicked, absolutely. That guy was working. I'm like, the old line? He's, a, he's still a big guy. I saw him speak a few years ago at my church. He's an upper body thick guy. He's, a, he's just thick. He's an athlete. He really is. Says who has more college career losses, Johnny Manziel or Chris Sims? Answer, same, six. Wow. Six career. Uh, hey, let's dive into our coach's corner. Uh, we do it every morning this time, right around 7.15. Dive into that coach's corner. And yesterday it was uh, Steve Sarkeesian, Quinn Yours, all the Longhorns joining Craig Way and Jeff Howe on Light the Tower in, a, in the 10 o'clock hour yesterday, which was cool. Uh, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian. How the summer has gone. Of course, we know we heard from Sark at the end of uh, fall camp. That had gone well. We, you know, excuse me, excuse me, fall camp. Spring football 
the headline there was no injuries, no no significant injuries, but uh, had a good spring. Well, now how about the summer? How's that going? Is there about to head to camp at the end of the month? I think it's gone really well. Um, you know, I, I feel like the year in general has gone well for the guys. You know, and we touched on this. You know, getting ready for spring ball and coming out of spring. I thought winter conditioning went really well. Uh, I thought the implementation of some of the new players, the transfers, as well as the high school kids in the winter time, and then going through spring ball. Uh, I thought spring ball was was a success in that you know we didn't have any major injuries coming out of it. Guys that were coming off of off season surgeries kept getting healthier, and that trend has continued into the summer. Uh, I, you know what? I, what I've been talking to the team about. You know, I just love their focus. You know, I think that these guys now in year three really understand what we're about. Um, you know, I, I used to talk a lot about buying into our culture. Uh, I think more so now these guys aren't just buying into the culture. Uh, they're they're elevating our culture. They're they're contributing to our culture, uh, and that's how your culture continues to grow and get better. But um, you know, I like our group. You know, we're, we're talented. We're tough. I think we got really good leadership. I love the staff continuity. So in the end, summer has gone really well because I think that these guys understand the expectation of, of each phase of our season. Summer's no different. It's tough. It's hard. It's The weather is, is has not been kind, but that's that's what it's for. It's for us to get kind of hardened to get ready for the season. Are pretty cool when he talks about culture, and then you hear the players echo that. Or Jade Barron, you know, last week, Buck, we had Dor- uh, Diamante Tucker Dorsey mm-hmm. in the house, and uh, – he told the story because he was only one year at Texas, but uh, after coming in from James Madison. But he talked about Culture Wednesday uh, being a big day where the players started with the coaches, but the players and coaches, you know, it's about football, but it's really about getting to know one another. They do something each Wednesday to bond, uh, to talk about what's going on off the field or something in their lives or a story in their lives. And uh, yesterday, Jade Barron brought that up. He said, you know, today today's Wednesday. Normally we would be doing Culture Wednesday, but we're here uh, doing this. But, uh, you know, it, it's impactful to them. Uh, that that they they come together around stuff outside of football. Sure, they care about each other. Yeah, and that's where that you know that you got to you know you got to as our man Colonel Craig Flowers would say, you got to rep that stuff. If you you know if you don't like, put it on the calendar right? every Wednesday, let's 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 help build our culture not around football but around us. And uh, to hear Jade Barron speak to that yesterday that he's missing it because it's Wednesday and they're in Arlington. I thought uh, spoke that they they take it seriously. Let's hear Sark also with Craig and Jeff yesterday on the additions uh, because of course uh, after the spring here came the the summer ads right the the transfer portal players that that weren't here for the spring and the freshmen that weren't here here Sark on uh, uh, the the additions this summer. Anytime you try to bring people into your organization, you, you want to be specific in in what their role is and how they can. Uh, a, help what we're trying to do, and B, what we can offer to them. I think Coach Christ, obviously, his experience of, of being a, a tremendous head coach in his time at, at Wisconsin and at Pitt, but his track record of kind of where he grew up in the profession. You know, he, he worked for Mike Riley for a number of years. Mike Riley, uh, that connection he had with Norv Turner way back in the day. Uh, Norv Turner hired me right. as a quarterback coach for the Oakland Raiders when I was 29 years old. So philosophically, I think there's a lot of things that make sense. Joe D. Camillus is coming to us from, from the National Football League after 31 years. Uh, and his experience and expertise, not only on special teams, but in game management, I think will be helpful. Uh, and then Payam Sadat coming to us, uh, one of the originators of, of the flex defense. And that, that ability that that defense has to create pressure on the quarterback. So everything was for a reason to what we do. I think they've all been tremendous additions uh, to go along with some of the younger folks that we've brought in, but then ultimately keeping that core staff in place that, that we have now for three straight years. We-
Interesting. That my my bad on that. That was staff, staff editions, not editions. player editions. So that's on Paul Christ. And you know, and this is why I say Sark, all gas, no excuses, no stone unturned. I mean, you can get these guys to come in. I mean, I mean think about the knowledge and the experience that a Paul Christ, a Joe D. Camillus, and Payam Sadat bring. Just to do, you know, help you maybe see some things you're not seeing or think things differently. Um, that is that's that's a, that's a coach who understands that there's a lot that there's a lot of expectation this year, and you know, let like me, what he said about game management. Yeah, let me re- let me remove my ego here because I don't know it all. Let's go bring in some people that uh, that can help us. I think we well, did that on defense last so year. Is, so is D. Camillus the dumbass coach this year? No, he's a, no. I no, think he's spe- special teams coach has got to be. Well, he's got some time. You're right. He could be. I mean, 31 years in the NFL. In the, in the NFL, yeah, he could be the dumbass. I always coach. say this. Yeah. Like, hey, like those guys dumbass. Can, those call guys, timeout. Call timeout. You, those, you can use that timeout. <laughs> those guys can help during the summer, but they can certainly help. I, I think oh. about it during the season. When the grind of the season begins and it's week by week, like, you know, if you're if you're Paul Christ or you're Jeff Banks, you're watching, or excuse me, you're Joe D. Camillus, you're watching the next team, right? You're, you're deep dive scouting your next opponent so that when you come in on Sunday – and Jeff Banks sits down to talk about his special teams game plan for the upcoming week. And Joe D. Camillus, a 31-year veteran of the game, has already, hey, look, here's the weaknesses of this group. Here's their tendencies. Here's where we can get them. I mean, that's you're ahead of the curve on that. And for you sure. do that at every every position. It's that advanced scouting. It's the self-scouting. Who They come in and say, look, guys, here's what you're not seeing about your own team. Here's where you're leaving yourself open. Those absolutely. Are, that is huge. And, absolutely. And, and Gary, Gary Patterson certainly helped last year. Well, now to have one at each phase of the game. With all that experience, I just think that is uh, that's uh, high level stuff. Yeah, Ty, I got to Illinois. I was the dumbass coach at Illinois. Really? Oh, I was fantastic. I was right beside Magovic, and I would just like kind of whisper in his ear. I'd be saying, "Hey, hey Johnny Mac. Hey, you know what are you taking these timeouts home with you? Hey, <laughs> hey, dumbass, call timeout, or or against Notre Dame here when Ricky was standing beside both of us. I said, "Hey, dumbass, see this guy right here." He's here, and James Brown is throwing picks out there. Can you hand it to him? Yeah, can you hand it to him? Quit being a dumbass and, and you know. Well, John McAvick, if Ty doesn't remember this because he wasn't old enough, but John McAvick had some Sark to him. He'd rather throw it than run it oh, a yeah. lot of times. I mean, Sark Rex to run the football, and so did John McAvick. John McAvick, had the, you guys had that counter game, that oh, counter scheme. Oh, goodness, but, yes. But, you know, you want to be balanced, but sometimes you just pound the rock when you got Ricky Williams Absolutely. for crying out loud. Did he listen to you? No, he, uh, he listened to me sometimes. Um, Notre Dame game, not so much. It was a pick. It was an interception by James Brown that really turned the game, right? Hey, let's hear from Sark. This is one that, you know, obviously everybody knows Sark doesn't have a championship on his resume as a head coach. Hasn't won one. And then last year there was disappointing fourth quarters consistently. And that's been the case over two seasons for Sark. So self-evaluation, they asked. What about the self-evaluation? Uh, what, what do you you have to do better uh, in 2023? There's no question. We, I, always, I always self-evaluate, self-reflect, really after every game and then at the end of every season. And um, you know, there, there's there's a cost to all that we do. And then you, you try to look at how do you mitigate that cost because we only have so much time right. and energy that we have. Uh, and then you try to go out and, and what is going on out there and who who has been some of the best either last season or for the last two, three, four years, and how can you continue to implement some of the things that you think fit you um, and not lose what you're really good at, what your what your core values are. So in the end, you, you always try to look at all that stuff and, and you try to look at areas to because it's not just about the plays. It's about the timing of when right. to call those plays and to have the personnel to run those plays. I would say my, my plays always work better when I got better plays running them, the better players go. running them, right? So I think there's all that that goes into it. And in the end, hopefully, you know, 
as year in and year out as you go, and as, as we go into this season, that we've got everything in place from a personnel standpoint of players, from uh, a playbook and schemes that make sense to uh, – as a play caller, you feel comfortable with what we're going to do and that all of the special situations as they arise, that you've got enough menu of things to do when those things come up that you feel comfortable and you're versatile enough to handle them. All right, last one from C. Sarkeesian to wrap up Coach's Corner was uh, about heading into fall camp. Well, what's the timeline now between now and uh, when they hit the field and get after it in August? Yeah, so the guys just finished up summer school. Um, they had kind of the 4th of July week to July kind of finish up school, take a deep breath, uh, and then we're back into we've got three more weeks of summer conditioning going. We've got three more weeks of, of our PRPs and skill development work that we do, uh, and then we'll crank it up August 2nd, and, and we'll go from there. And I think that we've got, we've got a good plan in place to get our team ready to play. I feel really good about the health of our team right now. Um, we had a lot of guys coming off of injuries and different things. They're all back going. They're all back working, which is which is exciting. You want your full allotment of your roster ready to go. Um, and then ultimately we, we've got to make sure that, that we've got the consistency, that we have a competitive training camp to get our minds right for a, for a very challenging schedule. All right, there's uh, Steve Yeah, I think Sarkeesian. he's talking about the summer school guys because he's talking about July. I mean, that's there's always those dudes because I spent two years being one of those dudes as a player. How summer you, school. Yeah, and that's because, you know, there were times here where we were – when the season would start, we're going, who's going to be here for the first two games? Well, he won't be uh, with us until, you know, maybe the third game. So I still, I'm still curious as how, because these guys go to summer school, they've got tutors, they, play, they go to school year-round, they play year-round. How did Stetson Bennett never get a degree in seven years? I'm still trying to figure that out at Georgia. He's taking the minimum hour What the heck is he doing? Six hours a semester. I mean, at some point, you just stumble into a degree. Whatever it is. That's what happened to me. He yeah, took Ty the, got one. Ty the, got one. And, the bare minimum. That's golly, what he took. man. Got guys wrapping up in three and a half years. Get that done, Stetson. Hey, coming back, we will uh, talk to Eric Goodman. A little soccer last night. What happened to the U.S. men's national team? Why didn't they play some of their top players? And they lost to Panama. You, uh, Austin FC also a loser at Vancouver last night. A little, little soccer talk. Also back to the football. We'll hear from Quinn Ewers coming up. He is the starting quarterback. He was there yesterday. We'll hear him talking about his confidence level, his body change. And oh, that picture. Oh, that picture. That went viral of the five quarterbacks in the Texas room Ooh, posing. Pose off, look out. When yours will tell you how that all came about and what it was. It's Beanie on the Horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. More from Big 12 Football Media Days coming up. All brought to you by our friends at Hayes City Store and the Ice House is where I like to hang out. Good spot, good people. Travis and Tamara, can't thank them enough. Also, our buddy Richard and the team at One Source Gas helping us make this happen. Just heard from Steve Sarkeesian, who had a sit down with Craig and Jeff yesterday. Also, we'll hear from Quinn Ewers coming up. And more on the Big 12. The, uh, the gray beard, Mike Gundy, with the gray beard yesterday. We'll get uh, Oklahoma State's thoughts. Also, Kansas improving. Uh, Houston is in. Dana Holgerson had the cool comb over going. How about his comb over? You like that? Old Dana? Oh, yeah. Got the comb over. He's he's still fighting it, right? He's he's pretty much bald on top, but he just give it he up. drags that thing up and over the top and uh, give it up. Just it's give right. it up. Just give it up. And of course, Sonny Dykes and TCU were there yesterday. Is the uh, you know little little uh, their chest buffed out after playing for the national championship last year. Uh, today, up at the Big Twelve Media Days this morning, they'll fire it up and it'll be K State, the defending champs, will be the center of attention. Oklahoma with Brett Venables will be there today, but only one school from the state of Texas. Uh, we'll be up there today, and that is in those are the uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders uh, in the Big Twelve. The other four, everything's going through there. Everything goes through Lubbock, 
or runs through Joey McGuire's house, we believe. So or so he says back in the day. Well, he ain't afraid. I know that. He ain't scared. We know everything's running through Mike Adams' house. You know what I mean? Who's that? Isn't that the basketball coach there? Mark Adams. Mark, Mark Adams. Adams. Well, let, let's that, come on. Salacious. What's up with that guy? <laughs> Between that guy and the Florida baseball coach, I don't wow. know what's going on with these people. And Northwest, Northwestern. Well, well, speaking of Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald, that saga continues. We will talk in our next hour with your good buddy and our good buddy, Howard Griffith. Big Ten Network lives in Chicago. His thoughts on that story, where it is and where it's going. Call him soft, y'all. Don't do that. Uh, put him through the running shower. We're not doing that. No. Hey, can we go to the Vaqueros hotline uh, whenever there's a big night on the pitch, which we had last night with Austin FC in action on the road and the U.S. Men's National Team. Our buddy Eric Goodman from the Austin Chronicle. Always a tremendous conversation to recap, and he's on the line. What's up, Eric? Good morning. How are we doing, gentlemen? Always a pleasure. Yeah, Always you too. good to have you, buddy. You said you're back east. Are you, where are you, what are you up to? Doing a little vacationing, getting some cooler temps? A little bit, yeah, up here in uh, in Connecticut. So, uh, nice. yeah, definitely definitely thawing out a bit. <laughs> That's a good thing because it's blazing here. You know that very well. All right, what did you see last night from Austin FC? A 2-1 loss at Vancouver midweek matchup. Um, not much offense, and uh, Vancouver gets the win. What were uh, what were your takeaways? I think you see now, um, you know, really who the most important players for this team are when they're successful. It's Danny Pereira, who was not able to travel for a couple of reasons, actually. He he officially was on yellow card suspension, suspension but we also know that through his visa situation as, as officially a refugee from Venezuela, he's not allowed to leave the country, and they played in Vancouver. So he wouldn't have been able to, to attend that match anyway. And you see, I mean, he is Austin FC's minutes leader on the pitch for a reason. I mean, they just – they do not – they're just not as fluid – they're a lot clunkier when he's off the pitch. Um, it doesn't flow through the midfield. It doesn't connect with the attacking players uh, in the way that it does when, when he's there and pulling the strings. And also, you only get you don't get a full 90 minutes from Sebastian Driussi. And, and we know that uh, w- you know when he's sidelined, this team is just uh, so much easier to defend uh, and, and just doesn't, doesn't have the same cutting edge. Well, those are the two key players. You just said the two names that if, if, they, if they're not flowing right, it, it doesn't matter. They can't win by one goal. You'll get a bunch of you'll get a bunch of draws with them. But when when if you're missing one of those guys, it's tough enough. But if you're missing both up both of them, you're probably not going to win the game. Right. Exactly. And and especially when you know this team has struggled for the entire season really um, to to get stability in defense. And you know this was a real this, these last couple of weeks have been a real big chance for Kip Keller. You know, he, he had the, the big mistake early on in the year where he, where he uh, passed the ball in the season opener, passed the ball to the other team, um, really kind of paid for, I thought. You know, he was, he was exiled to, to the second, to, to the B team for, uh, you know, months on end. Uh, and this was an opportunity for him to prove that right. you know, he does belong up here at, at the top level. And, and unfortunately for him, you know, is kind of at, at part at fault of both goals both of Vancouver's goals, especially the one that ends up being the match winner uh, where uh, he, he kind of just overcommits on, on his run to, uh, to stop Sergio Cordova and uh, just kind of goes all, you know, in the way of Brad Stuver um, and, and you know, is not defending and is also not helping his own goalie because he's kind of screening him there at that point, and that makes it a much easier finish for Vancouver. He is Eric Goodman and uh, TV producer, sports writer, and, of course, Austin Chronicles, where you read his column weekly on the Austin FC and all things going. Before we get to the U.S. men's national team and their loss last night in penalty kicks, what do you, what were your takeaways from the introduction of the new sporting director, uh, Rodolfo Barella, uh, Barella earlier this this week? Uh, what, what did you take away from the, the new man in charge of Austin FC? I'm, I'm just still 
stunned that we're at a point in time in 2023 where you've got a guy who just who just won the treble with Manchester City, um, you know, as an assistant coach. You talk about the the Champions League. You talk about the Premier League. You know, these are obviously the biggest trophies out there in the game of soccer. And and now MLS Cup is is his next goal. And I just I just find that so funny and and and, and so cool that that's where we've gotten to where where that is a big enough prize to motivate somebody with his background. Um, you know, I was interested to see, you know, not necessarily what is he, what will he do, but, but what won't he do? I mean, he's got such a, a diverse background. He really could do everything, you know, if he wanted to, but he made it very clear that um, Josh Wolf is, is going to be the CEO of the first team. And he is purely a resource for Josh when it comes into, you know, the week in week out tactics I think that'll be interesting to watch play out, but but you know he could not have been more clear that Josh was a big reason why he wanted to take this job, and, and Josh is his guy going forward. So you know anybody in the Wolf Out camp is probably going to have to wait Uh-oh. quite a while for he realize. Yeah, the the hashtag Fire Josh Wolf <laughs> text that we get every morning. Yeah, uh, Rodolfo Burrell is in as the sporting director and a big get, big get for Austin FC, obviously. And well said by Eric Goodman. Uh, what did you see last night in San Diego? The uh, 5-4 loss in the shootout 1-1 at the end of regulation. Didn't look like some of the best players for the U.S. men's national team were, were participating last night. What was the deal there? Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it, obviously. I mean, anybody really European-based uh, you know, is not part of this team. Uh, but, yeah, still disappointing. You, you would still expect them to be able to handle a team like Panama. But, you know, we've seen in World Cup qualifying, these CONCACAF teams, um, you know, you get outside of, Mexico, Canada, where you kind of know what you're going to expect. You you face a team like Panama, Honduras, Costa Rica. You know these teams will with not with consistency, but every now and then they can they can play really really tough. Um, it was a, a great goal by uh, by Ferreira to uh, to kind of equalize and force extra time, which uh, that I mean that almost deserved uh, a, a better fate because of how nice that goal was. But um, you know you get into the lottery of a penalty shootout and. Uh, you know that that's that's why you that's why you don't want to get to that stage with a team like Panama because you never know how that's going to shake out and you know this is it's kind of an, a bit embarrassing to see the United States bow out at a semifinal stage uh, in the Gold Cup. Uh, let, let, let me ask you this question. I probably should know this, but this this is one. I, it's hard for me to pay attention to. Danny Pereira, you said a travel problem. Did he not go to uh, school in in the United States? I mean, did he not go to college here and and all that, why would it be difficult with, with travel, with visa stuff? You're right. So he did. He, he went to Virginia Tech. He's a Hokie. Right. But prior to that, um, he and his mother, I believe, as I understand uh, you know, the story, uh, emigrated a- as refugees from Venezuela, where obviously you know, it's been really tumultuous the last, you know, going on almost a decade there. Um, so, so he's been here officially on refugee status, which means he can play you know, he can travel within, you know, the 50 states uh, freely, but um, through whatever, you know, through the structure of his visa, can't leave the country. And that's actually hurt him when it comes to actually playing for his national team of Venezuela. He, he was only recently able to get his first call up because they were playing here in the United States. So that's something that I know they're trying to figure out. But uh, for right now, anytime Austin FC has a match, whether it's in uh, CONCACAF Champions League playing mm-hmm. in Haiti like they did, uh, he, he's not going to be able to join them currently. Is, is he a Virginia Tech? I mean, did he leave early from Virginia Tech? Is he a graduate? Do you know? That's, uh, I, I think he may, I think he did leave early. I think he did junior did leave year, right? After his sophomore. Okay. I believe so. 
Eric Goodman, good stuff. Hey, top of your Twitter page, at Goodman, you've got uh, French fries and some hamburgers. Today is National French Fry Day. There's a picture there. What's your What's your go-to French fry? Do you have one? I like sh- any any kind of crinkle fry. So uh, Shake Shack's got good stuff. Nathan's Famous, uh, when I go to ballparks, uh, if, if I see that, you know, it, anytime it, they serve it with a little tiny plastic fork, that's how you know it's going to be delicious. So that's what I look for. There, there you go. go. That's Crinkle it. fries. I'm all in. Hey, Goodman, enjoy your, uh, your, your trip back east and the cooler temps there. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Thank you. All right, right on cue. There's the hashtag. Hashtag wolf and baby wolf gots to go. Here it comes. Yeah, they're they're coming in for Josh Wolf. I have but not. I've never. But help to have your two best players on the on the pitch at the same time. I've never been in a Shake Shack yet. Me either. What am I missing at Shake stuff. Shack? I mean, is it just a pricey? Yeah, it well, seems like it's like a gourmet thing, and it's not. It's just you know, what's like Hop Dotty kind of. Well, remember Hop Dotty? I yeah, that's different than Shake Shack, isn't it? A little bit elevated, isn't it? Just I'm just I I only been it's a, a little yeah, little I mean, bit better. Have more options. And what's the deal with like Five Guys? I mean, Five Guys are pretty proud of their burgers, aren't they? Yeah, but it's like you get a burger, fries, and a drink, and it's like thirty-two dollars. What? It's got. It's not that much, but it's legitimately they have the string fries, like right? twenty they, bucks. They're the string fry guys, right? Mm-hmm. Thirty-two dollars. Not, I can not get that a, much, but it's like actually, it's close to twenty dollars for a combo. I can get a burger and fries and a Bud Light at the Hay City store for twenty bucks. Come on, man. Mighty Fine's a better, much better than that. Mighty Fine's pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. Hey, hope you're having a mighty fine day. We're having a mighty fine one ourselves here on a Buck Off Thursday. Buck on to Eric Goodman. Appreciate him. Uh, buck on to T.Y. and Buck. And uh, you, uh, we'll take yours as well. Who has earned that pat on the back? Who has earned the kick in the hindquarters? Every Thursday brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. Uh, also, buck on to our Big 12 Media Day coverage yesterday. Great stuff from Craig and Jeff. Um, I think it was it was the first time the word was broken that or, or news was out that Dave Aranda's father had passed away was on their show because he had just gotten there with the Baylor contingent and Dave Aranda sat down with uh, Craig and Very Jeff. Very religious and, man. And that was really sad. I, you and I were both listening while driving around. Yep. I was headed headed uh, to a meeting, and, man, I was – that was emotional. I mean, he was really candid. and uh, Yes, he was. Um, you know, just because it just happened that his father was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer back in, in the spring and didn't, didn't make it past the 4th of July or right into the 4th of July. We know that pancreatic cancer is – Usually a pretty quick one, but um, yeah. So Dave Aranda, that was a really nice interview with Craig and Jeff, and uh, that's all posted on our website, hornfm.com, and our how, podcast how was, page. How was Xavier? How was how was how did he talk with me yesterday? Good. Did he, did he feel X-Man. pretty confident? Yeah, we'll we'll hopefully hear from, from X Man coming yeah. up. I mean, he wants to be the leader of that really talented wide receiver room. He, you know, he talked about that. Uh, you know, he at the end of last year, he said. So he said sometimes people don't realize it's not just about your physical health; it's about your mental health. He said he was pretty pretty mentally whipped at the end of last year. Well, I'm pretty sure he was. He yeah. looked that way. Well, you got young people who's got high expectations, and you're playing with an injury. You're getting booed. I was at the Alamo Dome when he dropped that ball, and you know people were already frustrated with X Man, and you know, and that you know he he's out there trying, and at the same time he's not performing. And yeah, and I think um, that, that was hard of, on a young I guy. I think that was one of the disappointing things is they targeted him so much, and if he had a bad hand, why why would you do that? Yeah, they were asking him to do a lot. Uh, with, And that's really where Sark, okay, we're not doing that again. We're going to go get A.D. Mitchell, and we're going to get Isaiah Nair back, and we're going to bring Jordan Whittington back. Uh, we're going to try to, because you're right, I mean, with, and maybe they didn't go to Jordan Whittington enough last year. I never, I didn't think so. But, um, you know, and that's, that's a young quarterback. Quinn Ewers, who was a really, again, the inexperienced player who's coming out of high school as a one or two progression quarterback. I mean, he's got to learn to go through the progressions. Yeah, of his, and as you as buddies and knowing each other, you can't, if, if he's got a broken hand, you can't, dude. He may catch sixty percent of those, so 
if you're throwing it to him and you hit him with a nice ball and he drops it, you're going to look at him and go, and he's going to look at you and go, point it at his hand because he wants to play. He's a, a competitor. He wants to be out there. Yeah. But that's where your head coach has to say, you know what? Well, that's that also Quit falls targeting on targeting this guy. Well, that falls on Quinn. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely, he's, he's a one or two progression QB, and his first progression is going to be X. Well, okay, you don't always have to go there. You can check it down. I mean, you can check back to Worthy or to Whittington. You can check down in the flat to Bijan or one of these guys. But but last year, Quinn Ewers just wasn't there yet, right? If the first option wasn't there, sometimes he just fling it, right? He just throw it up. Yeah, sometimes a player can talk the coach into, "I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay." Mm-hmm. And you can believe, you can think that and think that. Yeah, well, we'll see with uh, – and the other part of that, you know, who, would, who would have been next if they would have sat X down? Casey Kane? I mean, that's now your – I mean, again, they were very limited at that spot last year. There's no doubt. Uh, this year they feel like they're much better, and X was, was, it feels like he's healthy. So we'll hear from him coming up. We'll hear from Quinn Yours as well. Uh, Howard Griffith will join us to talk about the Pat Fitzgerald situation at Northwestern. Coming next, though, it's hot or not on this National French Friday, so we will certainly take your favorite spot for fries. On the other side, it's b on the Horn. What's hot? And what's not? What's hot, what's not is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot is this McDonald's, excuse me, French fries conversation, and McDonald's getting a lot of love. They do have the free fries today. You download the app and... All you got to do is order through that, and you'll get them free. National French Friday. Uh, but my man Jason on the text line, Vivo Lance Jason, says, I challenge anyone to name a better French fry than the fries from Five Guys Burgers and Fries. That being said, I'm all about the free ones from McNasty's this afternoon. It says, <laughs> best fries, McDonald's, overrated fries, Whataburger. Mm. Mm. Provocative. Whataburger is a very hit or miss fast food restaurant. Mighty fine. Got to go with the Frings, the Frings, combo fries and rings. Whoa, that sounds good. You get a little French fry, you get a little onion ring, because sometimes you can't decide. You get the mixture. Ooh. kind of like that. That's that when you, great. So I always like the vanilla chocolate swirl ice cream. You know, you can get the mixture because you can't decide. I like that. Yeah, give you give your options. I try to order that. I don't come I don't come away with it. They just say, no, you can either have chocolate or you can have vanilla. Well, you got to find the right dispenser. The dispenser, because it's got to mix them together on its own. It You're says right. uh, Shake Shack. Those, those shakes and fries are super good. All right, good stuff right there. Also, I'm going Shake Shack today. You know, today is Thursday. Tuesday and Wednesday were uh, Amazon Prime days, where all the deals on Amazon. Do you know what the hottest of the hot items were and over the course of two days based on retail sales and a number of units purchased? Hottest item, cat treats. Cat treats? Temptations. Really? Cat treats. <laughs> of all the items on Amazon, that sold the most. Rest of the top five were Amazon Fire Sticks. That's what you folks keep telling me to buy for a cave. you got to get the Fire Sticks so you can. Well, you got to get the, uh, the like hacked Fire Stick. The That's what I'm looking for. Fire stick. Well, I know Juan. I got Juan. I just need the stick. My man Paulie, Juan will hack it for me. My man Paulie got me one of those towels that you put in your ice bucket and you put on your neck. I'm trying to find out what is the best one of those things Ooh, that goes around your neck. It dries quickly and then you just rewrap yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all in on that. Get one of those and just when you're outside, just put it around your put it around your neck. Does that yeah. did feel good? Liquid IV hydration packets were a hot item as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Toys from the company Melissa and Doug. I don't know what that is. And toys. Then, uh, like I what looked it up. Toys for big, oh, No, oh, it's not toys. It for, no, it's toys for boys and girls. Oh, okay. Not toys for adults. <laughs> no. At the house while you're in beauty products heat. by the brand L- Laneige. Laneige. 
So there you go. That was the hottest items. P. Terry's for the win. Like me some P. Terry's. Mm. P. Terry's fries leave more to be desired. In my it says opinion. E. You absolutely do not need a hacked fire stick at all. L O L. Shortstop fries. Bronze chocolate and vanilla Bronze. yogurt Ooh. on a cone. There you go, Buck. Yogurt? Um, no. There's so many restaurants. Hack Creek's fries? I don't do yogurt. I like Drew Gress and the team at Hat Creek. How about, oh, these are good. Hyde Park? Hyde Park fries? Hyde Park's got their famous fries. What are those called? Hyde Park Bar and Grill. There's one down here by Whole Foods, and there's one up in Hyde Park. What do they, they have a special name for their They're fries? Very good. Oh, very good. Very, very good. Uh, Ty, what do you have for us in Hot or Not? Uh, Jalen Daniels. He Kansas is the quarterback. quarterback of Kansas, yes. Preseason Offensive Player of the Year in the Big 12 Conference. Uh, yeah, so he talked to media yesterday, and he was seen wearing a chain. That uh, It's a $50,000 chain, Dang. And, and it has a mini TV in it that plays at his highlight reel. Dude uh. walks around sporting that. He said, "Just a, it's just a reminder to everyone that I'm, I'm walking around. This is what I do. I like to play football. I like to play quarterback. I like to score touchdowns. Jalen Daniels. I've never seen this before. It's actually so he had a it, chain with a video screen on it to play his highlight reel. It's it's a pretty cool chain, I will say. Yeah, it's just fifty like, grand. It's like a little YouTube video going constantly on, on his neck. Quite the nil deal. I think his financial analyst might say, "Is the is the juice really worth the really? squeeze on that?" I mean, come on. I know you want to put on a show, but uh, come on. Speaking Offensive of MVP. Speaking of quarterbacks. We will uh, hear from the Longhorn quarterback next hour. That'd be Quinn Ewers and his favorite target, Xavier Worthy. Also, Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network will weigh in on the Pat Fitzgerald mess at Northwestern and where it is and where it's headed. Also, uh, the headlines coming up top of the hour. We'll reset those, including hearing from Steve Sarkeesian, not at all shying away from the expectations of 2023. That's coming back here on Beanie.